Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. I couldn't be more excited to do a show today after being in the stadium for the Packers-Cardinals Thursday night game that happened last night. I can't wait to break down that. I will be getting into that first and dissecting what I saw. So that'll be first, but then after that, highlight key week eight matchups and go through them, what I like, what I don't like, maybe some predictions as well. Then I'll get into some NBA talk, a couple of big games. World Series resumes tonight. Series is at 1-1. We're in Atlanta now. Can Atlanta strike? Pivotal game, I believe, is tonight. And then I'll end up making some college football picks. Huge college football weekend highlighted by Michigan, number six, undefeated. Michigan State, number eight, undefeated. That is the heavy card round, but there is a lot of other great matchups as well this weekend. So I'm going to go through all that, but let's get started with the insane Packers-Cardinals game that happened last night. If you recall, previous podcast, I predicted the Packers to win. I said against all odds, they'll be relaxed. They're the underdogs. They're going to come in and steal this game. That is exactly what they did. Another statistic I didn't know, which I wish I would have known. I guess they only wanted to share it with me until after the game last night is Green Bay was 6-0 and in games without Devontae Adams. Now they improved to 7-0. and And I saw why last night. I just want to say, before I really get into this, if the atmosphere last night was great, great Packers fans. I happened to be on the Packers sideline. And was I, am I a diehard Packers fan? No. But last night I made myself an honorary Packers fan because I wanted to see the undefeated Cardinals with a loss. I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers get the win, seeing Aaron Rodgers. That was great. Chanting, go Pack, go. With all the Packers fans in the section was amazing. All that was simply too good to me. Want to be actually, it is the best game I've been to in the few NFL games I've been to in my lifetime. That was simply brilliant to watch. But just from being there watching that game, there were probably the biggest thing I noticed was the. Arizona Cardinals' ability to stop the run. Last night, they could not do it. They rushed, Green Bay, like Green Bay rushed for 151 yards. And it wasn't just by Aaron Jones, it was by A.J. Dillon mostly. He had more carries than Aaron Jones, more yards than Aaron Jones. It was a very balanced attack. A.J. Dillon ran for 78 yards. Aaron Jones ran for 59, and Aaron Rodgers added a scramble, but 151 yards on the ground. The Cardinals could not get it going on the ground. They only had 74 yards. Green Bay had double the yards on the ground. That was the biggest thing, and I said Aaron Jones was going to have a big night. I didn't think A.J. Dillon was going to be much of a factor, but they put him in. The running game was too good. Uh, Chase Edmonds couldn't get much going all night long, and neither could James Conner, even though those were the three players that had touchdowns. Those were all, uh, you know, inside the 10, 
a yard line. So those weren't any sort of special runs that they had. So the running game to me stood out because to me, you know, Kyler uh, played composed, uh, composed, uh, poised and composed, new word there. Uh, but he had 274 yards, took a few sacks, and of course the two interceptions, those I'll get into in just a minute. But Aaron Rodgers, this wasn't his best game, and I knew it wasn't going to be his best game because he didn't have three top receivers that were on his team, and his biggest one was Devontae Adams. So they were going to have to get creative with it. A lot of passes to Aaron Jones. You know, Aaron Jones had seven receptions, 51 yards, had a Camara-like night uh, that was balanced both running and catching the football. Aaron Rodgers didn't need to take a ton of deep shots. You know, we saw one to Robert Tunyon, and that was it. There was not a ton of deep shots that he took, and I think he was fine with it. He just wanted to win this game. So his stat line is not going to jump out of you, but 22 completions of the 37 attempts, 184 yards or two touchdowns, you know, none of that is going to jump out at you. But he played composed. He played like he was the better quarterback, which he is, made the smarter decisions. I said Kyler Murray has to stop with that interception crap, and he did it through two more last night. And that hurts this team. So that's the first thing I wanted to get into was that. But also there was a stretch in that game where Green Bay had their way on third down. I know they finished 6 of 14, but I believe there was three or four in a row where they completed and Green Bay looked good. And I'm going to say the third down, the running game, it hurt not having J.J. Watt uh, out for the season now. That's a big loss, and I know he's not the defensive player of the year that he once was. I know they got Chandler Jones back, so it's like, you know, you give and take. But to be honest, I would rather have uh, J.J. Watt than Chandler Jones on my team. And I know, to me, Chandler Jones is more athletic uh, in his career right now. He's uh, better, to me, pass rush, but he can't stop a run as well as J.J. Watt. He doesn't have the finesse uh, or the moves that J.J. Watt has, and that made him a three-time defensive player of the year and made him so great. Of course, having those guys together is the ideal scenario, but missing J.J. Watt was huge. I think that was very evident in the loss last night that you know not having J.J. will not only hurt this team against good teams like the Packers, but I think every team moving forward that loss is going to hurt the Arizona Cardinals. And you really had the Arizona Cardinals on this trajectory so much uh, a good 7-0. and You know, you had so many people out for Green Bay. How did they not win this game? Simply put to me, I just thought, you know, they took their foot off the gas. It was uh, in early, you know, it was a 3-and-out by the Packers or uh, close to it, you know, Cardinals get the ball, exchange a few drives, and uh, their second drive after a three and out the Cardinals. Long play to Devontae, or to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, negated by a face mask on DeAndre, correctly called because he was pulling his face mask, but the catch still counts since it occurred after the catch. 
Uh, so we moved down there, Chase Edmonds, and those were the big plays. That was the Arizona lethal Cardinal offense that we've been seeing all season. And then after that, they sort of just stalled the rest of the game. After that touchdown, they had two more punts. They had the muffed punt, which was huge, which set them up in field goal range. But I will give Arizona's defense credit that is they stood tall and missed some key adversity because, you know, Green Bay gets a touchdown. Then you do a three and out. Green Bay drives. They punt. Now you get the ball back, but you muff the punt to the Arizona three. And you don't let them get any yards. Three plays, zero yards. You big kick the field goal. Huge. But then you punt again, you know, to start uh, the half. You know, you throw an interception, Kyler Murray. And they score right after that. Because you set them up with easy, easy, easy field position. Then you let them drive and get the touchdown. Then the Packers drive and get the touchdown. 12 plays, 91 yards. Brilliant drive. Cardinals drive again. Get the touchdown. Then it's, you know, uh, Green Bay ball. There's around seven minutes left. It's 24-21. They drive all the way to the one-yard line. And there's two penalties down there to where it's first and goal at the one. You know, initially looks like a touchdown on that first, first and goal. They don't get it. Second and goal. Again, Aaron Jones doesn't get it. Third and goal. Delay a game. Aaron Rodgers scrambles to the one-yard line and can't get it. Then they try this pass that's deflected. And you're like, should they have gone for the field goal just to get the points? But you're like, the defense is right here at the one-yard line. It's a field goal. And there's only you know three minutes left in the game. What will they do? But the Cardinals, the second half, looked much better other than the interception because they just had two touchdown drives. And I'm like, what will they do? Cardinals are driving down the field. They start at their own one-yard line, and they end up at the Green Bay 5. They're moving the clock well. They're using their timeouts. The game management is great at second and goal at the 5 with 15 seconds left. Kyler Murray throws it to Russell Douglas. Inter, or he, th- he does throw it to Russell Douglas. It's actually meant for A.J. Green. Douglas intercepts it. Of course this occurs right where I'm sitting in that corner. He catches it. We go insane. He's waving to those Cardinals fans, even though most of them in this section are Packers fans. What a game it was. The interceptions killed them. The poor first half, and then also the time of possession, almost 2-1 to one. Green Bay, uh, 37 minutes and 30 seconds to 22 and 30 uh, for the Cardinals. To me, this was a more dominant effort, even though you look at the yards and stuff, you look at the key things. The rushing game, the defense, Green Bay showed up in that respect. They dominated the time of possession, didn't want the Cardinals to get the ball a ton. This was a huge win, potential tiebreaker scenario. If we're looking at it now that we're basically, at least these two teams are nearly halfway done with their NFL season. They're like right there at the 48% mark. So that is huge moving forward for Green Bay. This was a big win. Now they're on the longest winning streak. Uh, Now I believe the Packers have to come back down to earth. Everybody's talking about them as a favorite. I didn't doubt Aaron Rodgers against a good Cardinals team, but 
This was the best team the Cardinals faced, and they were down a few guys. How are they going to react? And they lose this key game here. But what a game. Big takeaways is the loss of J.J. Watt, I think, will loom large over this defense. Even though he is older in his career, uh, the secondary to me looked good, even though they didn't have their best receivers, but I'm still not shaking on that. But then Kyler Murray, the interceptions, I know we talk about Patrick Mahomes, uh, and I'll be getting to him. But Kyler Murray has to stop that down. The communication has to be better. I think Cliff has to do a good job at that as well. But great win by Green Bay. They were the better team last night. Uh, good performance by them. Great game to go to. I think another thing I'll mention as well, DeAndre Hopkins, seam limited, had that big catch, which I said, the 55-yarder, but then didn't come back in until the third quarter. It was clear that the hamstring was bothering him, and to me, that's what I said going into Thursday night games is you're going to have some of those guys that are injured. They can't go 100%, but now they get 10 days off. Big win for the Packers, but now Cardinals have to regroup. I will say this one more time, and this will probably be the last time you hear me say this because I'm not rooting for the Packers anymore this year. Go Pack Go. Now moving on to the next Week 8 matchups. And there's two teams on a bye week this week, so you will not be seeing them in action. If you are a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders or the Baltimore Ravens, you get to see none of those teams this week. But you got Carolina and Atlanta as part of the morning groups right there. To me, you've got Carolina reeling four straight losses. And to me, you kind of have an ugly Falcons team. It just is, considering the talent they have on there. Kyle Pitts, who just has looked great uh, so far in his first few games. Poor Daryl Patterson has been electric. You know, they have talent, and it's like they squeeze one out over Miami. The Jets, you know, they barely lose one to the Falcons. It's Every game's basically been close, except their first two losses to the Bucks and the Eagles. But then you have the Panthers, who just can't seem to win. I mean, even the lowly Giants last week, I know they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. But you only score three points, you know, that makes me wonder. Will Christian McCaffrey even be back this week? Who knows? unlikely. And because of that, I think I have to roll with Atlanta. I mean, Sam Darnold, all this hype around Sam Darnold, he'll be better at spot. He just got benched last week against the Giants. The Giants don't have a great defense. They don't have a great team. And he gets benched. I mean, that's a bad showing. He could come out and ball out, but that's just not the Sam Darnold I've seen so far in his career. I think Atlanta gets a win. I think this will be an ugly, ugly game, and one of these ugly teams will prevail, and I think it will be Atlanta who gets the win. Miami and Buffalo. How far off Miami has fallen. Uh, One and six start. I thought they'd just make the playoffs at the seventh seed, considering that's where they were last year, and to me, they improved uh, through the draft. But then you look at the quarterback last year, to me, the better games were Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tua did have some good games, but I think you just feed off of that constant quarterback competition. Tua had a great game last week. Why do I believe that? Well, 
You have trade discussions, and your name's currently being linked to Deshaun Watson. Tua notices that. He played great last week, even though his team didn't win. But I feel sorry for him. He's now facing Buffalo. Buffalo, you know, coming off a bye week after they just lost to the Titans. I think they're going to be amped up and ready to go. I really do feel sorry for Miami because this will be the official dagger in Miami. They're hanging on just by life support right now. They lose this game. It's over. I think Buffalo pulls the plug on them because the Dolphins still have uh, games against the Titans, the Ravens, another one against the Patriots. Things are not going to get much better for the Dolphins this season. I think Josh Allen has a huge game. It seems like he loves games against the Dolphins. He just That's just what gets him going last time. 35-0 shutout earlier in the season in Miami. This time it's in Buffalo. I think Josh Allen will have a great game. Stephon Diggs. Uh, and then they'll just struggle over there. I think Tua will be decent. Don't think a shutout is in the works. But if I'm just looking at the talent of Miami compared to Buffalo, uh, seems like Buffalo is where it's at. And then I feel bad for Tua. Great quarterback in college. I think the injury that he sustained his last year in Alabama really did hurt him, that kind of hip injury, and he's dealt with things. So to me, he is an injury sort of prone quarterback. Uh, and I just don't think uh, he's a quarterback for the Dolphins. I don't think he's going to be one that ever uh, pans out. San Francisco and Chicago, both coming off bad losses. San Francisco, who was up and in, was in cl- close with the Indianapolis Colts, and they kind of gave that away, and Jimmy G really looked bad in that game. Then you have the Chicago Bears, who also just got beat the brakes out of. That was bad against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-3. to Which one will kind of right the ship now? San Francisco's at 2-4, and four, Chicago's at 3-4. and four. I got to say this is Chicago. Matt Nagy is not putting in Justin Fields in a position to win football games. He is not. He didn't put Mitch Trubisky in position. The only time he did well is when they had that stout defense their first year and they kind of shut everybody down and they kind of could have a poor quarterback. But since that defense and since the regression there, now on offense, even that year they weren't great offensively. They're not great offensively now. And they've rotated coordinators. The key there is Matt Nagy. He needs to go. He's not going to put Justin Fields in position to win football games. Justin Fields, to me, great talent. But he is getting punished out there. Uh, The coach looks lost. This team looks lost. Because of that, I'm rolling with San Francisco. Because even if I don't like Jimmy G, they still got Trey Lance. Jury's still out on both of them. But they got a for sure weapon in Debo Staniel, even if George Kittle's not there. I like their defense more than Chicago's at the moment. I think out of these two teams that are kind of reeling, Chicago's lost two in a row. San Francisco's lost four in a row. I think San Francisco writes the ship this week. They get the win against the Bears. Won't be easy. These teams have proven that this season. 
but I think they'll get one. Then another very interesting game. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Will Baker play this weekend? That's the question. Baker said he could absolutely play this weekend. But I don't buy it until you're cleared to play, my good sir. Do I think they need you to win every football game? No. Do I think they need you to win football games like this against the Steelers? Yes. This is a pivotal division game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland sitting at 4-3. and three. Pittsburgh at 3-3. Three and three. This is a huge one. I feel Cleveland needs uh, to win uh, this one. I think the defense will be great. I just think that this Cleveland defense gets fired up every time they play the Steelers and they see Ben Roethlisberger on the other side. I think that's what they see. I think Baker Mayfield sees that as well when he sees the Steelers. I think Cleveland has more fire going into the games against Pittsburgh. It's just the health of Pittsburgh. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield and his limpy shoulder. I mean, that those are the concerns for me. Because I know Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback he once was. They don't have Juju Smith-Schuster. But you know what they do have? To me, they have a very good rookie running back in Najee Harris, who's been great carrying the football, but also receiving the ball out of the backfield. He's kind of been a the dual threat that they needed to pick up key yards. I really like Najee Harris and this system. Who do they also have? They have defensive player of the year contender T.J. Watt on the other side. To harass Cleveland. And who knows if he'll get their right tackle back this week. That'll be huge. Because where does T.J. Watt like to be at that side? So if you have a an experienced guy going up against T.J. Watt. That could be a big week. I can't make a big uh, prediction for this right now. Can't make a guarantee like I did Green Bay the other day. But this one is going to be a close spot battle. Is Brown-Steelers game. Don't think this will be reminiscent of a playoff game last year where Cleveland got out to that huge start, shocked everybody. I don't think that will be much. That's what Pittsburgh had in their mind last. Them running them off the field in Pittsburgh in a playoff game. However, this one is in Cleveland. This should be a fun or exciting one. However, who knows who exactly plays for Cleveland until Sunday when the game's announced. And can Pittsburgh... String together these kind of close victories like they do against the Seahawks, like the Broncos. That remains to be seen. Philadelphia and Detroit. This is one I'm going back and forth of. Uh, Detroit, 0-7 right now. They're at home. To me, this looks like their last game on the schedule where they could get... A win. I know they have Atlanta later in the season, but this is Atlanta. This game is at home. I just don't think they're going to do it. As much as I will root for Detroit this week to get a win, I have felt for Dan Campbell uh, and these guys really giving it their all. But I think after the week they had last week against L.A., where they kind of pulled out all the stops to try to win that game, I just do not... See it. They're the only winless team. I don't think two streaks get snapped this week. You know, Arizona was going in undefeated and they lost. 
Detroit going in winless. I don't think they'll win. I think Philadelphia writes the ship. I think Jalen Hurts does all right this week. Detroit, though, has shown to be competitive in every game that they've played this season, uh, except for when they played uh, really the Bengals. Every point in the game they've played so far this season, every point there's been a competitive spirit. However, I think that last loss was deflating. And also, I don't like Jared Goff either at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts has a better completion percentage uh, thrown for more touchdowns, similar yards. Uh, I think Philadelphia wants to get the win. Coach Sirianni wants to win as well. I think they'll get it. Again, I feel bad for the Detroit Lions, but a lot of this stuff is on them. Tennessee and Indianapolis. This was kind of a game I was expecting you know, earlier. I can't believe this rivalry will be gone after Halloween weekend. We won't see it again the rest of the year unless somehow they both make the playoffs. The Titans and the Colts, they already played earlier this season in Week 3. Titans got the win 25-16. to uh, But I'm seeing the best Titans team so far this season, and I'm seeing the best Colts team. I've seen so far this season. Uh, starting with the Titans, last week walloped the Kansas City Chiefs, put on a great performance offensively and defensively. Defensively held the Kansas City Chiefs to just three points, biggest margin of loss, and uh, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes' career. It was huge, and Derrick Henry didn't even have a big night. But Derrick Henry's Almost going to, almost at a thousand rushing yards. So I think he will break that barrier this weekend. He's at eight hundred and sixty nine yards. He has to get a hundred and thirty one yards this weekend to get to a thousand. I believe Derrick Henry gets that. He's at ten touchdowns. He'll be great. But to me, AJ Brown when healthy, that's Ryan Tannehill's target. It helps having both Julio and them in. They're healthy. They are going to win this game. Julio Jones listed as questionable, but Derrick Henry will have a big game. He is the driving force. But on Indianapolis' side, you've got Jonathan Taylor, who to me, so far this season, has looked like the second best back in football. And I'm taking into account that he's played every game. He's ran hard in every single game as well. And he, to me, is a big reason why the Colts have sort of turned this ship around, you know, the abysmal loss at the start of a season to the Colts, and then to the Rams and the Titans, you're 0-3, then you're 1-4, you stream together two big wins, a gutsy one last week there, Carson Wentz, to me, is playing some of his best ball since those days of the Eagles, he's reunited with his coach, Frank Wright, I believe right now, they are at the same exact page there in sync, it's the best it's been, I think this will be a close, close game. It's in Indy. They've got the home field advantage. However, Tennessee has been the class of the AFC South for some time with Derrick Henry there. I believe it stays the same. This would be a huge win for Indianapolis. But I think Tennessee gets to 6-2. and two. Derrick Henry has himself a game. Cincinnati and the New York Jets. Oh, I feel bad for the Jets. Uh, Cincinnati coming in after a huge performance against the Baltimore Ravens. 
And I believe that'll continue. I really do feel bad for the Jets. I mean, just looking at just these two names, it's going to be a long day for the New York Jets defenders. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been nothing but electric so far this season. I believe Jamar Chase will have a big day feasting on these defensive backs of the New York Jets. Joe Burrow will have a big day. This offense will be great. But this defense of Cincinnati also is playing good as well. Playing Zach Wilson, who has nine interceptions, tied for the league most so far this year. Uh, He's been a turnover machine. Uh, Hasn't taken good care of a football. However, this team hasn't put him in a good position to win. I thought this line would be better, and it hasn't. I thought the running game would be better, and it hasn't. I thought the receivers that they drafted, Elijah Brown, would be better, but none of that has been good. The Jets haven't been good this season. They haven't had much going for them. I think they need another big turnaround, a big win. This would be it. I don't think it happens. I think Cincinnati wins this game big, on the other hand. Then you have Houston Texans and the LA Rams. Another one to me that shouldn't be that close. I think the Rams will rout the Texans. It's in Houston. Don't see a lot of fans going to this game because it'll get scary fast. Matthew Stafford already doubled the yards that Davis Mills has. Quadrupled the number of touchdowns. And he thrown less interceptions. And Davis Mills has actually not even started every game. So really the more interceptions as well. This team's not good. He just traded their leading rusher in Mark Ingram. To the Saints, uh, Brandon Cooks, not happy about that. I don't think the rest of his team is happy about that. I think they're back in tank mode. They're 1-6, about to be 1-7. The defense hasn't shown up either. I think the LA Rams, 16-point favorite. You know, last week we saw a lot of big favorites. This is the biggest one so far is, is 16 for the Rams. I believe they cover. They struggled last week against the Detroit Lions. Detroit played their hearts out. I don't think Texans are going to put up that same fight. I got no problem with the Los Angeles Rams rolling over the Texans. Then you've got a tough one. You've got the afternoon games now. You've got the New England Patriots against the Los Angeles Chargers. To me, I think this should be one the Chargers should win. However, who knows? Last year, the Patriots beat the Chargers 45-0. Cam Newton was their quarterback. Now they got Mac Jones. Do Los Angeles Chargers get revenge for that? The Patriots just put up a 54 spot on the Jets. The defenses look good, and they've played teams close. They almost beat the Cowboys, took them to overtime in a close game. Almost beat the Buccaneers as well. They're playing teams really, really tough. I don't think the Chargers will have an easy game. But they're off a bye week. They just got walloped by the Ravens. I think they need this one for morale. But I think New England also needs this win to kind of stay in that playoff hopeful range. So to me, this is a big game for both teams. I think the New England defense will be ready. They saw this similar attack last year, even though Justin Herbert's looked better. The offensive line has looked better. 
his connection to Mike Williams is really helping this team. Uh, what will Bill Belichick choose to shut down? It seems like there's one area of focus on his teams that he wants to shut down and live with it. I believe the key here is shutting down Austin Eckler. They don't let him get going running the football or also catching the football. I think they zero in on Eckler and they live with Justin Herbert on these corners, you know, with the J.C. Jackson on the outside guarding Mike Williams on his corners and on his defensive backs making plays. I believe this will be a very close game. you got the strength of New England and their defense, the strength of the Chargers and their offense. I think the key is going to be the Chargers defense. Uh, you know, we've seen shades of greatness from them, you know, against the Raiders and the Chiefs. But then we've seen not so great the past few weeks against the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, can Joey Bosa have a good game? Ingram, get to Mac Jones. Make him feel uncomfortable. He's a rookie quarterback. I think if you do that, you'll help the offense out. You can't let Mac Jones dissect you like he did the Jets last week or even the Cowboys the week before. Jacksonville and Seattle. This is one I am really want to flip a coin on. Uh, Seattle, another team that is off the rails right now. Three straight losses, you know, two and a half of those games without Russell Wilson. This is a huge game for them. I think if they lose this game, this is another one. You stick the fork in them. They are donezo if they lose this game. And I think it'll be close because Jacksonville has been a hard-fought team of this year uh, with Urban Meyer at coach, you know, kind of trying to change this culture around. You know, the young guys, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson. Uh, however, this is tougher for the Jaguars to go to the West Coast and face Seattle. However, I don't have faith in Seattle. I don't have faith in their defense. I believe Trevor Lawrence can throw the ball on them. I believe James Robinson can run on them. I don't like Geno Smith at all. Uh, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback than Geno Smith. I'd have a lot of other quarterbacks than Geno Smith right now. I have little to no confidence. I have as little confidence as you can in someone as Geno Smith getting this win. I believe it will be close. It will be ugly. It seems like every game the past two games, it's been decided by a field goal. And they've both been close and ugly I believe the same way with this one. I don't want to guarantee anything. I would love for Seattle to get this win and then go on there by and just have that. And hopefully Russell can get back by the Packers, if not by the uh, Cardinals, because they're going to need him down the stretch if they want to make any sniff of the playoffs. But in order to sniff the playoffs, you've got to win this game right here or else your season is done. Big game right here in Seattle this weekend. Washington and Denver. Another one. Two terrible offenses. I don't know who will be able to set through 60 game minutes, which will translate into three hours of the Washington football team and the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's just that bad. Jerry Judy is coming back, but four straight losses for Denver. Washington, whose offenses look bad, coupled with a bad defense. I mean, this game has just got terribleness written all over it. Uh, I don't know who gets back on track here. Denver, after losing four straight. 
Washington after losing three straight. Uh, I think both of them are in panic mode, uh, even though Teddy Bridgewater said it's not time to panic. But yeah, it's really time to panic. You're last in your division, and your division's tough with the Raiders and the Chargers sitting there and also the Chiefs ahead of you. Oh, it's time. It's time to not just panic, but time to win some football games, Teddy B. Now moving on to Tampa Bay in New Orleans. In New Orleans, big game for Jameis Winston. He says he's going to have to manage his emotions. Was a quarterback there for five years. Uh, led the league in passing yards the year. He left 5,000 passing yards. Uh, however, he had the 30 for 30 season, the 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. How will he handle his emotions? of this game facing his former team. How will Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, who are familiar with Jameis Winston, shut down Jameis? Because I believe they'll be able to shut him down. And this was Tom Brady's kryptonite last year until the playoffs was this New Orleans defense and this New Orleans team. We're going to see, really, how much of an impact Drew Brees had on these games. I believe that's what we're going to see uh, this weekend. I think if Tom Brady uh, cruises through him, I believe we'll say, hey, Drew Brees was key. But I think if it's close, if New Orleans even finds a way to win, we're going to say, look, this defense, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, they relish playing uh, Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady doesn't want to lose to New Orleans again in the regular season after what happened twice last year. You know, the first time was his first game with Tampa Bay. Two bad interceptions, look lost. I don't think that happens. I believe Tom Brady and this team keeps on rolling, especially considering how poorly uh, the Saints' offense looked against the Seahawks on Monday night. I think if they shut down Kamara, that's shutting down more than half of this offense. I believe that is what the key in on, and Tampa Bay wins this game. Then lastly... You have Dallas and Minnesota Sunday night. The question to me is, will Dak play? If he plays, I think Dallas will win this game. If he doesn't, Minnesota will win this game. To me, that's how much he means to this team. Uh, Minnesota, great 3-3 three and three team. Uh, you know, close losses by a touchdown uh, or less to both the Bengals, the Browns and the uh, Cardinals. Good team, you know, could possibly be 6-0 right now. But they're not. Can't make excuses for that. You know, you know how I feel about con artist Kirk. And con artist Kirk actually having a pretty decent season so far. But you're only throwing two interceptions. But the key has been Dalvin Cook, his health. Uh, they've got the weapons there on offense. The key is Dak. That's the biggest X factor in this game. If he's healthy, if he can play 100% with that calf, I like the Cowboys. If not, I think they'll struggle. It's in Minnesota. Mike McCarthy, very familiar with the Vikings from his days coaching in Green Bay. I think the Minnesota fans are going to heckle McCarthy. They're going to give it to him. I think that'll be another great environment. Uh, I won't make a decision on this game until I know what Dak's status is. But this will be another great Sunday night game. I think it'll be close. Even if Dak plays, 
And if he does, I think he'll win. I still think it will be very, very close. So there's your look at a lot of the key Sunday night matchups. Now moving on to the NBA, where I'm going to make a few picks. Last time I made a few picks, picked the Hawks over the Pelicans. I was correct. However, I picked Ja against Portland. I was incorrect. And then last night, Ja played great. Even though he didn't play great against the Blazers, he decided to live it up against the Warriors in a fantastic overtime game. This was another play-in sort of matchup in Golden State. Steph Curry versus Ja Morant. Steph Curry, sensational 36 points. Uh, 11 of 29 from the field. He was great. John Morant was great as well. Another 30 points. 11 of 22. Except, well, one key is, to me, Ja had a little bit more help. Uh, Jaron Jackson uh, played good. Desmond Bain also added in some key points. And they had no answer for Steven Adams. I'm sorry. Uh, Kevon Louie can't hang with him. Draymond Green is too small for him. Uh, only one who else could get it going was Andrew Wiggins and Damian Lee off the bench. But John Morant and this Grizzlies team actually looks really, really good. They're exciting and fun to watch. Anytime you have a great point guard matchup like John Morant and Steph Curry, it's must watch. Knicks and Bulls also. The Knicks handed the Bulls their first defeat of the season. 104-103 Knicks. The Knicks look better. Even if they didn't make marquee moves, I think those signings of Kimba Walker and Evan Fournier will really help this team. To me, it helps the three-point game as well. Again, the Knicks shot 37% from three last night. A pretty, to me, decent mark. Uh, Held the Bulls under 35%. So the Knicks are playing really, really good basketball at the moment. But tonight I'm making two picks. The first is the Hornets and the Heat. Hornets are four and one, led by Lamelo Ball. Heat three and one, led by Jimmy Butler. To me, the Heat look very scary. They're a top four team in the West, maybe even top three. I probably put them in my top three. I think they're going to give a win against the Hornets. I think Jimmy Butler likes playing with Kyle Lowry. I think another year of him and Bam. Are working out spectacularly. Uh, I really like the Hornets. I mean the Heat. To get this win tonight. And then the second game is the Mavericks. And the Nuggets. No Nikola Jocic. So him out. Jamal Murray out. It's just hard to imagine the Nuggets winning this game. I believe they can stay competitive in this game. But I believe it's too much. I believe Luka Doncic uh, will do well uh, tonight. He'll have a big night tonight. They'll beat the Nuggets. All of this is just too much to overcome. Uh, the loss of Murray and Jokic. You know, if they win this game, Aaron Gordon's going to have to be special. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. will have to be special. Those guys will have to get going. I don't think it will happen tonight. Then MLB. The World Series is 1-1. We're back in Atlanta for the next three games. First game I got right, 
picking the Braves. Second game, I got right picking the Astros. Tonight, game three, I think this is a huge one to win. And I like Atlanta to win it. I like the matchup here. The right-handed pitchers back out. Ian Anderson, who's had a good year, uh, to me better at home than away. Going up against Luis uh, Garcia, who's also been good this year. I think this will be a good battle. However, I believe the Braves, whose bats were quiet on Wednesday night, they wake up at home. They feed off that energy. They have a huge performance tonight. They get the win. You know, so far, the games have not been close. It's been 6-2 Braves, 7-2 Astros. I believe this will be a much closer game than the two kind of blowouts that we've seen so far in the World Series. I believe Braves get the win. I'm still picking them to win the World Series. They could, one of these teams actually, could win it this weekend. They win tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. That's a 4-1 series. Don't believe that will happen, but I still like the Braves to win. Now, moving on to college football. I'm making 10 game picks right now. First, Michigan, Michigan State, number six, Michigan, number eight, Michigan State, two undefeated schools. People are betting heavily on Michigan. Then there's people betting heavily back on Michigan State, it seems like today. ESPN, FPI likes the Michigan matchup, 56-44. And guess what? Being the Michigan fan that I am, a diehard Michigan fan, there ain't no way I'm picking State. I think it'll be close. But I look to the game not just last year, but the year before. You know, 44-10. to in the past few games, Michigan has played in Michigan State. You know, Devin Bush tearing up the logo. I like Michigan playing actually away in this matchup. To me, they can kind of control the tempo, quiet the crowd noise, and then feed off of that. I think right now Michigan has a much better defense than Michigan State. Second in scoring in the nation, only allowing 299 yards a game. I believe the limit the big plays, Kenneth Walker, Heisman candidate for Michigan State. I believe the focus will be on shutting him down and making Peyton Thorne make plays against a good Michigan secondary who are graded number four by pro football focus. So it'll be tough. I think this will be a defensive battle. I think Blake Corman, Hassan Haskins, I think one of them will have a big game. I think they'll be able to shut down one, but one will be able to thrive. And actually... I can't believe I'm saying this, but Kate McNamara, who I have no faith in, will make a few key big plays down the football field, and Michigan will win this game uh, triumphantly, empathetically, and emphatically, and they cruise, get the win, they move up large in the college football playoff rankings coming out on Tuesday. Second, Iowa, Wisconsin. After what I saw from Iowa against Purdue, I don't know if I can ever pick them. If Sean Clifford would have finished out against that game against Penn State, they would have lost that game too. Now they got blown out by Purdue. Now they're at Iowa. I mean, at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, to me, not as strong as they were, but they're a decent 4-3 and three team. And they just beat Purdue at Purdue. 
uh, they're winning games. And guess what? Somehow, this game right now is for, like, first place in the division. Uh, this would knock Iowa really off a lot. I'm going with Wisconsin. I'm going with the Badgers to win this game. I believe they win it at Camp Randall Stadium. I don't have big faith in Graham Mertz or Petrus on the Wisconsin side. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are good. I think this will be a defensive battle of attrition. But I think Wisconsin can put up more points in Iowa when they feel like it. Texas Baylor. Oh, I'm going to feel probably delusional. I'm picking Texas to win this one. And Texas has let me down so many times. The Arkansas uh, game and others. I mean, Baylor 6-1. and one, But I've liked the explosiveness I've seen from Texas. It's just can they hold on to a lead and keep it and win the game? I don't know. I think Steve Sarkeesian can do it. I know the first year you're building towards it. But I you need key wins. This is a key win in a tough environment at Baylor. I like Steve Sarkeesian to get it. Georgia, Florida. I'm rooting heavily for Florida in this game. I want Georgia to lose, having one loss on their record. However, I don't think that'll happen. Georgia has the best defense to me by far in the country. The defensive line is great. The secondary is great. Um, Stetson Bennett's playing good. I don't think they need JT Daniels as the guy right now. Their running game is good. Uh, Everything's just complimentary, and it'll be too much for Florida to overcome who has a quarterback uh, situation of their own between Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. So I think that'll be too much. Georgia wins the game. Texas Tech, Oklahoma. I want to pick Oklahoma to win big. However, I've seen enough from Oklahoma this season to say, I don't know if they'll ever win big. I'll pick Oklahoma to win, though. I don't care who's at quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams. It seems like they always pull the rabbit out of the hat. One last magic trick to win the game. That's what Oklahoma does, and they've been doing it this year. I don't think Texas Tech can upset Oklahoma. Even though one of these times I pick Oklahoma, they'll lose. I just feel it. Ole Miss and Auburn. I'm surprised how much support is for Auburn in this game. I know Auburn's a good team, but to me, I've seen so many bad performances. Uh, the one against uh, Georgia, you know, Penn State was decent and LSU they could have lost. But to me, Ole Miss is a better team. I like Matt Corral. To me, he's the favorite to win the Heisman. So I'm going with the better quarterback. I know it's an away game in a tough environment. Both teams are really looking to keep hopes alive. And the winner of this game will have a key uh, reason in doing so. Is There still is a chance one of these two teams can win the SEC West. But it starts with a win here. You lose. To me, you are eliminated from that discussion. Especially more of the Ole Miss side. Since they've already lost to Alabama, Auburn still plays them. SMU Houston. This is a surprising one considering SMU is 7 and 0, Houston is 6 and 1. Two teams I am very unfamiliar with, so I'm doing a coin flip. However, this is what I like. SMU is undefeated. They still play Cincinnati on their schedule. I want SMU riding into that one and I also want uh Cincinnati as a heavy favorite in that one. I'm picking SMU cuz I want two undefeated teams to play each other, have that pressure like Michigan and Michigan State have. This weekend. 
Then a heavyweight battle, which kind of skimpered out there. Penn State and Ohio State because of two straight losses. By Penn State, this matchup to me has lost all luster because they've not looked good offensively. And offensively, the other side of the ball, or on the other team, Ohio State, they've looked brilliant. They have. They have looked so, so good. I mean, I just can't uh, believe the turnaround that they have starting the year with their you know first three or four games compared to where they at are now, their past three or four. Uh, it's been a complete 180. C.J. Stroud has looked the part. This offensive looks the part. Uh, the weapons, you know, this team has just looked good. It's going to be on the Penn State defense to limit those big plays, and they're going to need to find a rushing game. Noah Kane and the Penn State crew ranked, you know, in the bottom of the FBS, I believe they're a hundredth or something like that. That's how bad this rushing attack is by Penn State. That's why Ohio State will get the win. North Carolina and Notre Dame, another team who was fake in North Carolina, who is ranked at number ten in the preseason poll. Already three losses on the resume. They're four and three. Notre Dame wins this one big in South Bend uh, because they are the better team. Um, better coaching. Jack Cohen, to me, has been more safe with the football than Sam Howell. We were expecting great things from him and Heisman-like things and by Coach Mack, and that has never turned into fruition this year. Uh, one of the biggest fraudulent teams in North Carolina. And then my final game I'll pick is Virginia and BYU. Two 6-2 and two teams. BYU started the season 6-0, now two straight losses. Virginia has two losses to two of the better teams that they've played, uh, you know, North Carolina and uh, Wake Forest. But then they've all, their wins not have been against good ones, but same with BYU. So two very, very similar style teams uh, right here. I think BYU will win this game, however. They'll just pull it out like they just did against Washington State. They get the win. So that's it, folks. Those are my picks for college. Those are my matchups for Week 8 NFL. A lot of great football to watch. Fans of all sports have something to watch. You've got the uh, football on Sunday. You've got great college football on Saturday. You've got the World Series on. ton of sports to watch. I'll talk to you guys next week. Hope you all have a great weekend. Bye, everybody.